Hello, hello, and welcome to Health, Healing, and Hampton Roads. I'm Dr. Felicia Mevin, Executive Director of the Center for Public Health Initiatives here at Norfolk State University and the Associate Dean of Community Engagement and Outreach for the Joint School of Public Health that is being developed um, with NSU, ODU, and EVMS. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is a mouthful. And the good news for me is it's all connected together. So I am so excited to have a guest here from the Portsmouth, Virginia Health Department. And so, hello, Dwight. Hi, how are you doing? I am good, thank you. So we like to start with, how are you connected to Hampton Roads? Oh my goodness, that has been a long journey. Uh, Not too I, long. We won't give it all away. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> no yeah. years, please. Yeah. Well, you know, I actually came to uh, to the Hampton Roads area by way of the military. So, you know, we came here. We were stationed here for a while. We liked the area, and I decided to stay. So my family loves it here. I love it here. And, you know, we've just been here for a while having a really good time. Nice. So where do you consider you grew up, so to speak? Oh, my goodness. You can tell by this uh, Hampton Roads accent. Well, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I'm a Caribbean transplant that moved to the Baltimore area, joined the military, and, of course, went around the world, and they decided to land me here, and we decided to stay. So, oh, okay. yes, uh, sort of grew up in the Baltimore area. Okay, so not too far away. Not too far away, which mm -hmm. is another cool thing about being here, because we're just a few hours uh, you know, from Baltimore. From so. the, well, I was going to say the DMV, but the V is Virginia. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> but from Northern Virginia yes. and the D and the M part of that. That is right. Great. So tell us a little bit about your training. Oh, my goodness. I sort of actually jumped into public health almost by accident. Uh, kind of talk about the accent a little bit, because when I first joined the military, I was not a U.S. citizen. So therefore, I couldn't do what I really wanted to do, which is journalism. Oh, okay. But they gave me some options, and being a hospital corpsman sounded exciting. So, of course, I did that. And, of course, uh, while I was in, decided I wanted something more than just a general training. So I got into public health. So 20 years later, uh, I, when I left the military, I decided to continue in public health, even though when I was walking away, I said, I never want to do public health again. And I got pulled right back into it because that's where my heart was. Okay. Well, now that sounds like a story. Why would you <laughs> say you would never want to do it again at that time? You know, I think when you've been doing something for a while, it's sort of, you know, where it's on you. Mm -hmm. And especially if, uh, you know, you're seeing, yes, the fruits of your labor is definitely there. But after a while, you get tired of doing it. So when you step away from it after a while, then you find that, you know, I really miss doing what I was doing. In my case, it was for about a six-month period. And the opportunity came up at the Portsmouth Health Department, and I jumped on it. I got hired, and I have been there ever since. Nice. So, so it is true, and I think people are now more sort of aware of the the burden or the impact that public health and health care professionals can have yes. because sometimes you're dealing with really serious issues, mm -hmm. you're dealing with life or death, may not be in that moment. Right. But, you know, if you're working with people who have HIV or people who have COVID or families that are in distress for some reason or some kind of trauma, I mean, that, that can wear on a person. Oh, absolutely. I did a large amount of my time 
in the roundup communicable diseases. Mm -hmm. So therefore, HIV and STDs were the uh, challenges that we were dealing with. And for many, many years, you would watch people um, die in the early days of HIV. Mm -hmm. uh, there mm -hmm. were not the cures uh, or even the treatment um, that we have now. So we've come a long way, and we've actually been able to see the progress. So I've actually grown through that progression from the days when we didn't, didn't even have a name for the disease to where we are now, where there is no good reason for a person diagnosed today to actually go on to developing AIDS as long as they are taking care of themselves, minimizing their risk. Mm -hmm. So it, it definitely grows on you. But yes, it can also take an emotional toll if you don't learn how to cope with the stress of seeing people die, of seeing more and more people becoming infected. But, uh, you know, again, that was only a small component of what I, I was able to do. Right. Uh, being able to take on the challenge of the rest of public health and communicable diseases and teen pregnancy and all of that, that has been very rewarding to see those numbers titrate down from where they were when I first started with the agency. So, mm -hmm. you know, that definitely has been one of those things that has kept me going. Nice. And so I guess we're dating ourselves a little bit that we Just can remember bit. the early <laughs> stages of the HIV uh, uh, AIDS epidemic. So moving from that. So tell us then about your role at uh, the health department. Oh, my goodness. The role that I'm in now is actually really cool, really exciting. Because now I've gone from just working with communicable diseases to actually doing population uh, health planning and improvement. So that's kind of the healthcare strategy of how do you take uh, data to inform decisions to be able to change people's lives or health outcomes. So that's the role I'm in now. I'm having fun with it. I'm making new connections. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a moment. You said data and fun. Okay. You connected those <laughs> together. Okay. Yes, All right. I, I, I am sort of weird that way. You know, it's, <laughs> I think my friends call me a nerd. I can't figure out why, but. Uh, that's okay. Look, I am too. I think blurred is the term. Just a to blurred, be honest. No, a yes. black nerd. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yes, it's one of those where, you know, it's exciting work for me. It's one of those where to be able to show people data, because sometimes we don't necessarily make the connection. We know that these are things that are happening, but when we can actually see it in numbers, it may actually have a different impact. So we're using data to really inform the public and you know, pulling on our partners to say, hey, you know, help us do this work because it's not something that we can do completely by ourselves in public health. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's an exciting thing that for us. And it's one of those things that I'm doing now. And yes, there's a lot of work to be done. Nice. Well, absolutely. And so what is your specific title? Because I think part of talking about public health is to let people know the opportunities that are there. Right. So what's your specific title? So my specific title is Population Health Planning and Improvement Coordinator. Okay. Which is a mouthful. Yes. Okay. Okay. So there you go, guys. You can be on the lookout for that as a possible opportunity. So has that been the only role you've had in the health department? Have you had different roles or... No, that actually has been one of the my most recent roles. Okay. Prior to that, I was a health counselor. 
And of course, as a health counselor, I was doing a lot of uh, the epidemiology work. So therefore, the uh, one of some of my counterparts are actually called DISs, disease intervention specialists, uh, which is actually focusing on the investigation of diseases, making sure that you're identifying people who are infected with uh, any of the communicable diseases, getting them to care and anyone else that might have been exposed. So another exciting field, especially if you like working in the community. Uh, so it's one of those where it gets you out of the office, it gets you out there talking to people, but you're also educating people. So it's sort of a hybrid between the counselor, the educator, and you know the investigator all wrapped into one. Mm -hmm. That's really great because one of the things that as I would advise students is to think about the match between your skill set, what you're interested in, and the job. So it's kind of great to hear that you can approach public health or engaging and helping people in different ways. So from health promotion, direct community engagement, to being more analytical and focusing on data, for example. Oh, absolutely. And I think the opportunities in public health, it's tremendous. I think that as we think about healthcare in general, uh, people have certain concepts about healthcare, and they think it's just direct care, as in nurses and doctors. Right. But there are so many other professions behind the scene, and particularly in the world of public health, there are so many opportunities that are there that sometimes people are looking way too narrowly, and they don't necessarily match their skill sets. So I would say for anyone who is interested in the field, one, if you like helping people, public health is for you. If you like to talk, public <laughs> health is for you. If you don't like to talk but you want to be behind the scenes, public health is for you. If you like to be involved in the community and be on the leading edge, public health is for you. Right. You know, when we think about today's social uh, media influencers, well, I like to call that public health mm -hmm. because that's what public health is really about. It's about influencing the health and the health outcomes. So it's another area where you can really have a big impact in, on what's happening in your community. It may not be as glamorous as some of the others that you hear about, but it's a lot more impactful. So tell us more about Portsmouth. So I know we have talked, and we'll get to that in a second, how you and I are connected together. But you and your team know a lot about the communities of Portsmouth. So tell, tell us about one of the challenges um, that they may have in terms of public health and then one of the awesome things <coughs> that you've seen from the community. Oh, my goodness. I think Portsmouth is more of a well-kept secret. A little bit too secret sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think Portsmouth, one of the things that I like about Portsmouth is that it's really a small urban community that sometimes people, they'll have their own assumptions about what Portsmouth is. But Portsmouth really, from a public health perspective, is really awesome because it's a small enough community where you can actually see the benefits of your work and you can see it more readily than sometimes you do in larger communities. But Portsmouth is also an area that also needs a lot of work. The opportunities are there. They are mm -hmm. tremendous. And uh, yes, because of a number of different reasons, from economics to the built environment, and of course some of the other factors that go into health, uh, it does create some challenges. But that's a part of what the public health department has actually been doing, is really taking on that work, really pulling together uh, some of the elements of public health to be able to help the community. One of the big things that we are uh, working on right now actually has to do with the opioid crisis. Mm -hmm. And Portsmouth, unfortunately, does have a very high number. But we are also putting in a lot of effort 
into actually addressing the crisis and to be able to educate and inform the community, but also to build a stronger community by getting people trained and ready to respond. So it's one of those things that well, we in public health are doing a lot of the work uh, along with our community partners. Uh, many of the faith-based organizations, a lot of the community-based organizations, the NGOs, are actually stepping up and they're doing their part. And we're continuing to keep the door open for anyone who that wants to jump in because, again, there's a lot that needs to be done. But, again, it's exciting work. And when you can see the difference that you're making, I mean, it just keeps, at least for me, keeps me motivated and keeps me going. Because mm-hmm. recently, didn't you have an event um, in the last couple of days related to this topic? As a matter of fact, we did. Yesterday was Save a Life Day, which is actually 13 states across Appalachia. Uh, in, you know, that goes as far west as out to West Virginia. Uh, as far north as New York and down south to Georgia. So there are 13 states who yesterday decided to have uh, a National Safe Life Day, which is uh, solely targeting and saving people uh, who are overdosing. So one of the things that we have going on here in Portsmouth, and it's sort of unique to us because we're the only one on the south side of Hampton Roads that are doing this right now, is actually where anyone can actually get a Narcan kit. We'll train you how to use it, but we'll give you a dark hand kit, costs you absolutely nothing but uh, a little bit of your time to be able to get the training, to get the kit where you too could save a life. That's amazing. That's amazing because, again, you don't have to have any training to do that. That's amazing. You don't have to be a nurse or a doctor, any a lay person. Training. You're going to get training. But we'll no we'll give training. you the training, absolutely. That's, that's really great because I was also thinking as you were saying that, how would someone say I'm not part of an NGO or part of a faith-based group? How could I connect with the health department to contribute or perhaps volunteer, for example? We know one of the easiest ways to actually reach us is actually through our website. So if you go to the Virginia Department of Health website in uh, Portsmouth, it would actually take you right into uh, our area where you can actually volunteer. We also have an awesome medical reserve corps uh, that actually you know, does a great job in bringing people from all different uh, perspectives. So you don't have to be a nurse or a doctor. You can be an administrator. You could, whatever the profession, we can use. You say it's another area where you can also volunteer to, to help. But if you're just a person who, you, well, you don't really have the time to volunteer, but you still want to be able to do something, yes, take advantage of some of our training opportunities for the lay person that we are able to then um, go out and help other people in the community or in, in your community, wherever that may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, one of the things that I like about public health is that there is the mantra and the focus and the foundation that it's not all about what other people can do for you. Like right. We really need and want and encourage everyone to mm-hmm. say, okay, you know what? I'm going to take care of my own health, but I also want to do something to help my community. And then there are all of these levels, everything from what you just said in terms of volunteering, all the way up the spectrum, across the spectrum to getting advanced training, right? To oh, having absolutely. a degree and then having a leadership role or, you know, doing it in a more formal way. I mean, that's to me very exciting. Oh, it is very exciting. And in fact, actually, I mentioned faith-based um, communities, but some of the volunteers that we're taking on, the community organizations we're taking on, are not limited to faith-based. Okay, good. You, you could be from <laughs> I mean, <no>. any organization. <laughs> 
you know, I was going to say, to be clear, I say good because we want variety. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's just that faith-based uh, community have been so welcoming for mm-hmm. us. Yes. So, you know, we certainly, um, you know, prop, you know, prop them up uh, a lot. But it's one where uh, the work that we do, again, anyone can do. Uh, anyone that is willing to, you know, say, hey, you know, I can d- make a difference for the community. So we do work a lot with any group. And uh, one of the programs that uh, I've just started is called Working Together for a Healthier Portsmouth. And this is where we're really pulling on and we're training, we're providing training for any community-based organization to actually have some basic concepts about how to empower people to make you know, good public health choices uh, that is actually going to help them out. Uh, when we think about diseases, oftentimes we're thinking in terms of uh, you know, maybe treating with medicines. But some of the lifestyle um, things that we do, from the foods we eat, yeah, to some of other lifestyle choices, mm-hmm. so smoking, what we consume, vaping, smoking, vaping, drinking, you name mm-hmm. it. So all of those things ha- will have an impact on our health outcomes or the health conditions that we suffer from. So we're training people how to help their consumers, their communities to actually make the choices that are going to help them to realize better health outcomes. So we want to see a reduction in disease uh, spread, but we also recognize that people can actually do more for themselves. So it's not just a pill. Absolutely, medications are important, but there are other things that you can do that is actually going to complement that. Right. And when you say, when we're talking about volunteers, I mean, or, or even the organizations, could those be school-based organizations? Absolutely. Could, could, mm-hmm. Anyone that wants to work in the community, <laughs> you, we will welcome them. School-based organizations are definitely among the group that we are actually uh, reaching out to. Um, in fact, one of our partnerships that are actually uh, coming up, it has been a long-standing partner of ours, Portsmouth Public Schools. Uh, we were able to work with them. I mentioned about our teen pregnancy rates earlier. Uh, but when I first started in public health in Portsmouth, we had one of the highest teen pregnancy rates. We had one of the highest STI rates among youth. And working through the schools and that partnership, we've actually been able to bring those numbers down tremendously. And uh, we're hoping to be able to do the same uh, in not just schools and churches, but anyone, any other group that actually wants to participate to be able to actually work with their com- consumers to you know, realize better health. Mm-hmm. That's so. great. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's public health, everyone. <laughs> it's so exciting. <laughs> and and the thing about these organizations is typically, even if it's school-based, even if it's faith-based, they they're usually support everyone who needs the help. Like they're not only supporting people who identify with that group. That so that's correct. the amazing thing is that they have yes. reached well beyond however they're organized. Right. You know, I think one of the things that I really like about working in this area is that while the work that I do is primarily in Portsmouth, it is not limited to Portsmouth. In fact, we recognize that many of the people who come into Portsmouth and get services there do not necessarily live there. But public health, when you take care of any community, you're helping the, uh, the public health uh, picture tremendously. So, you know, we're not offended that people from outside of Portsmouth right. come into Portsmouth. Right. I mean, 
I moved to Hampton Roads about six or seven years ago, and then you realize, you know, you can cross the street and be in another, technically be in another city, right? Yes, so <laughs> the neighborhoods do not know that, right? You know what I mean? You don't, mm-hmm. they don't, aren't necessarily built on the line, the sort of geopolitical lines that right. we have. So, so that's really great. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about how we're connected. So just to let everyone know, the Portsmouth Health Department is one of only a handful of health departments in the Commonwealth of Virginia. I always want to say state, but the Commonwealth of Virginia that is accredited. Yes. And so tell us why that's important. What does that mean? And did you have a role in that? Well, in the previous, uh, when we were initially going through accreditation, I actually did not have a direct role. Okay. Uh, now, however, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was getting I, to. Yes, <laughs> I have been charged with being the accreditation coordinator, so that means pulling together all of the elements. And of course, uh, you have been tremendously helpful because we started in the journey uh, about uh, you know, ten or so months ago. Uh, of actually making sure that we got all of our foundational training um, together. And, of course, we initially started out training in-house. And, of course, uh, you know, that is not always pretty. So (laughs) they needed a a nicer voice than mine. They needed, you know, a fresher face, a different perspective. And, of course, uh, we reached out to you, and you were tremendously gracious uh, with your time to be able to come and to help us out. And um, so far, you've gotten us through all of our public health competences uh, for our training. So all of our staff is actually now you know, trained in their basic uh, public health competences. And we really appreciate and, uh, you know, you're welcome to come back anytime. <laughs> in fact, I've invited you back to actually work yes. with our managers and supervisors. Yes. Uh, but uh, the knowledge that you've brought the, to our organization, the perspective that you've brought to the, our organization has been refreshing, has been uplifting for our entire staff. Oh, that's so, oh, thank you so much. You that's know, so amazing. Amazing to hear. And I thank you for that. And it was a really great experience. So, OK, I'm going to put my professor hat back on for a second. So accreditation means that the department has met national standards for how health departments can operate and work effectively. And so um, th- there are a group of national organizations that said, okay, if health departments do ABCD um, and they are training, part of that is training um, mm-hmm. on very specific skills that are tied to the um, essential public health services, um, then it is w- a lot more likely that they're going to be providing effective services. So one of those is an outline of competencies at yes. different levels or tiers. And so I talk with your group or um, introduce your group to these competencies related to things like health equity and leadership and systems thinking. And so it is so exciting to know that right in this region, we have a health department that is so dedicated to establishing the highest level standard of service. Now, it doesn't mean that everything's perfect, um, but it does show a dedication of the leadership of the health department that they have committed to doing this. Um, and part of that is the ongoing training. So I commend you and I commend the leadership of the Portsmouth Health Department for making that commitment um, and being a role model for other health departments. So thank you as well. Oh, you're so welcome. And yeah, we are one of four 
uh, across the Commonwealth that are actually um, accredited. Mm-hmm, you that's know, right. So it is something that we are tremendously proud of. And it's our mo- one of our motivations for doing the work that we do and continuing to do the work that we do and take on the challenges. So we absolutely, you know, want us to get reaccredited. And yes, that's, that's well, what well, we are actually working on right now. Absolutely. So it was very exciting. And again, I got to put my professor hat back on <laughs> and explore some topics and present and share. And so I look forward to following up with that as well. And also other partnerships. So as I mentioned before, I'm an associate dean in the new School of Public Health. And I think one of the advantages of having the School of Public Health is that I and other faculty can be a resource for the health department, perhaps in different and better ways in terms of not just training, but also working with you guys on that data you were talking about and the planning and all Mm -hmm. of that. So I really see a lot of opportunity there for our organizations to continue to work together. Oh, absolutely. And of course, while I cannot speak for our leadership, I can um, suspect that you're going to be hearing a lot from us. That's great. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that, yeah, no, that's great. I appreciate that. So let's go back to you because that's part of why we're here. So what are some plans or projects or things that you have in the works? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, it's one of those where there are so many things that need to be done or that can be done. So, you know, we're looking at how do we positively impact health outcomes. So social determinants of health is a big part of what public health is. So when we look at where public health is going nationally, uh, we are really looking at how do we, with the resources that we have, which are somewhat limited, how do we get the best outcome? So uh, we are looking at all of those different pillars. We are looking at the areas that we can actually have the biggest impact. We know that uh, education plays an important role, but we are limited there. We know that uh, you know, socioeconomics play a very big role, but again, we are also limited. So the areas where we really have the biggest impact is actually in healthcare access. So we are working with many different groups and using different platforms to be able to create access points so that individuals actually have access to health care. So they're not limited by the amount of insurance they have or whether or not they have insurance. If we come across an individual who does not have the health insurance, there are still ways to help them to navigate the health care sphere in order to get the care. So that's one of those areas. We're also looking at social context because uh, this is where we are pulling on our community partners to be able to leverage what they have to offer to be able to connect uh, with the community. So those are some of the big things that we are taking on right now. And, uh, you know, as we navigate through those, we are welcoming other challenges and seeing where it takes us. Yeah, that's so exciting. So for folks just to be a little, to be clear, um, to follow up, more specifically. So when you say education is not really your area or income, um, what, you, what you're talking about is you're not an academic institution. You don't provide degrees and, and train. You provide some right. training, but you don't provide uh, extensive training. And also, you know, you wouldn't be in a position to help people find jobs or to increase income. And those are social determ- some of the social determinants of health. Correct. And so you're being strategic and saying, okay, what is your focus area? And then that's what you're leaning in on. So that's really great. And then the other exciting thing is when I spoke with your group, we talked about 
community resilience as yes. an important factor. And one of the one thing that contributes to community resilience is a sense of belonging, mm -hmm. which you referenced there. So that's awesome. Like working with organizations to help connect people together is something that can really influence um, the health of a community or, or public health. So that's that's really great. So as we end the session, is there anything you want to close with or anything you want to, anybody you want to shout out or any way you want to to in the session here. Oh my goodness. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it, I would um, actually mess up in naming people, but no, I think that as a small health department, uh, Portsmouth is really sometimes not given the recognition that it deserves. I think we have a great staff of uh, people at all levels. We have wonderful leadership uh, that are visionaries and uh, the things that they are trying to accomplish with the resources that they have. We have a new director that is providing new directions um, for us. Uh, she's supported by a wonderful team of managers and supervisors. And as I said, the staff, the work that we do on a daily basis, our staff absolutely do not get enough recognition. Uh, they are dedicated staff that many of them have been there for much longer than I have. And I just want to shout them out and uplift them because we could not do the work that we do without their support. Thank you so much, Dwight Richards, for being here today. And I have to say that specifically because I'm not sure I mentioned that before. And I want to second the shout out to the wonderful staff at Portsmouth. Um, what do the kids do? Snapping my fingers here. Shout out to the kids. <laughs> That's right. Shout out. Um, and also make a note because when I was uh, with you guys on Thursday and I mentioned that you were going to be here, they clapped the loudest for you. So I know they really <laughs> appreciate what you're doing as well. So thank you for your contributions to Portsmouth. Thank you for being a guest here today. And thank you to everyone who is listening. Again, I am Dr. Felicia Mebbin, and this is Health Healing and Hampton Roads.